Hello again, wrestling fans, and welcome to another episode of This Week in History. It's Thursday afternoon, 12 noon, lunchtime, depending on where you are, or it's uh, getting close to dinner time if you're over in the UK, because we are uh, This Week in History, brought to you by the Scumbags Wrestling, and it is episode number 17. We're looking at the week of April 16th to the 22nd, and we want to thank you for joining us whether it's on Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you get your podcast from, or watching uh, visually on YouTube or Facebook. As you see right here, we are brought to you by our store at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, where you can get any of the t-shirts that are uh, list shown on the screen for uh, $20 for our regular logos, or $22 for the Ontario Indie. Uh, right now, still and always, the Ontario Indie shirt will get uh, money to Stevens Wrestling Journey for uh, Caramel Formation in uh, Children's Hospital in Toronto. And the other three shirts all throughout the month of April, uh, proceeds are going to go to Giordio's uh, Recovery. Uh, go to our Facebook page for more information on this little guy recovering from cancer issues. So uh, why? Give our uh, way back to community, and uh, you can do that by stopping by our shop. We are also brought to you by Cool Bets. Play cool, bet responsibly, and they are sponsors of all our shows, plus as well, obviously, the uh, Scumbags uh, Prediction League. And this weekend, you can uh, bet on or put your predictions in for Impact Wrestling's Rebellion pay-per-view. Uh, more details on that later on this evening on the podcast. But like I said, it's 12 noon and we're here. It's time for uh, history. And we can't do that without bringing in Jonesy, who compiles all this for us. He's Niagara Falls, and how are you, Jonesy? I am pretty good. It's a little snowy of a day uh, um, on, uh, well, today, Wednesday, uh, taping it last night. Uh, I'd say we got about seven inches, eight inches of uh, snow last night. Well, that's a lot more than we got here in London. Uh, it started uh, during the night, as most uh, Ontario got it uh, during the night. But uh, when I got up, at least it was picturesque on the uh, trees. It stayed on the grass where it belongs, and the sidewalks and roads were not so bad. So walking my dog was actually quite pleasant at 6 o'clock in the morning uh, this morning uh, going through uh, White Oaks Park and uh, just seeing the snow there and really nice. But it's also April 21st. Uh, you're going to watch this on the 22nd, mind you. But uh, April 21st, we shouldn't be having snow. I know we've had it on Mother's Day in May and stuff like that, but no. It's April 21st. Stop it. Anyway. I got no problem with it. I really don't. Because in so, two days, it's going to be 16 here. So yeah. who cares? Same here. And, everything off. And like I said, it stayed where it needs to be on uh, rooftops, grass, and trees, which was very nicely visual, especially with the sunrise. But we're going to talk about wrestling. So if you're ready to go, I have the visual part. You have the verbal part. All right, here we go. Starting with April 16th, 
27 years ago, New Japan Pro Wrestling hosted the first ever Super J Cup from Sumo Hall in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, this show was considered by many one of the greatest wrestling events of all time. The event was the brainchild of Juice and Thunder Liger. The tournament brought the best junior heavyweights from all over the world. The final match would see Wild Pegasus defeat the great Suzuki to win the Super J Cup. Others in the tournament were uh, Ghetto, Dean Malenko, Super Dolphin, uh, Sinjiro Otani, Eddie Guerrero as Black Tiger, Takamichi Noku, El Samurai, Jushin Thunder Liger, Habusa, the great Suzuki, Chris Benoit as Pegasus. Yeah, so, 21 uh, years ago. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, definitely a... Uh... Good crop of uh, guys there that uh, eventually made it uh, to bigger times. Uh, Takamishi Nuku, as you mentioned, uh, was part of it. He's on the uh, upper right hand of the pitcher here. And he even started his own uh, organization over in Japan. Then, of course, uh, you got Malenko, uh, Benoit, and Guerrero part of it, along with uh, this year's or last year's inductee of... Uh, Liger. So a good group of guys there that uh, really wowed the world. It's amazing it didn't impale people with uh, that mask, but hey. 21 years ago, WCW presented Spring Stampede. Uh, this tournament show was to decide the new champions because of the previous Nitro, string everyone of their belts dignity, and started everything over. Yay! A lot of the matches matching uh, would pit the Millionaires Club members versus the New Blood. This was at the point when it just didn't matter what they were doing. Let's see. Okay, so 21 years ago, WCW presented... No, I already did that one. That's weird. So, for the U.S. belt, uh, Scott Steiner would be the new champ. Uh, the loser were Sting, The Wall, Mike Awesome, Booker T, Vampiro, and Billy Kidman. Uh, for the tag team tournament on the show, Buff Bagwell and Shane Douglas pick up the belts. The losers were the Mamelukes, Flair, and Luger, the Harris Brothers, Harlem Heat 2000, and the fans. Mancow defeated uh, Jimmy Hart. Yuck. Terry Funk defeated Norman Smiley to win the vacated WCW Hardcore belt. Chris Candido defeated Crowbar, Juventude, Lashford LaRue, Shannon Moore, and The Artist in a six-man suicide match to win the vacated WCW Cruiserweight Championship. And Tammy Lynn Sinch actually made her debut on that show. WCW World Heavyweight Championship Tournament Final, Jeff Jarrett defeated Diamond Dallas Page to win the vacated WCW Heavyweight Championship, and Kimberly turned on her hubby in this and aligned with Eric Bischoff and the New Blood. Shocking. Shocking! Yeah, it's, uh, I think, 83 weeks uh, with Eric Bischoff uh, went over this one. If not, it was the other one. It's hard to tell because I think two spring stampedes had titles uh, cleared out in t uh, tournaments happening. That had no uh, business uh, going on. So I think it was two years in a row and DDP winning the title two years in a row because uh, I think it was last week we talked about a sp Spring Stampede that had him winning it with a four-way involving Hogan, Flair, I think Nash, and uh, or Sting, sorry, Sting, and 
Savage as the referee. So it's almost like deja vu hearing that mm. the titles got stripped and, and all in time to give them back out on Spring Stampede. They had a history of repeating the same thing that they believe had success and then they just kept repeating. And you wonder why 20 years ago on Raw from Knoxville, Triple H defeated Jeff Hardy to win the WWF IC belt. 18 years ago at NWA TNA weekly pay-per-view taping in Nashville, Jerry Lynn and the Amazing Ren defeated Triple X, consisting of Christopher Daniels and Alex Skipper, to win the NWA World Tag Team Championship. 14 years ago on Raw from Italy, Anthony Corello, uh, Corelli makes his uh, WWE debut. The Intercontinental Championship would change hands as handpicked from the crowd by Vince McMahon, a wrestling fan named Santino Morella, as pictured on the right on your screen, with help from Bobby Lashley as it was a no-DQ match. Uh, he upset Sumanga and is the new WWE IC champ. Santino yeah, Morella is known as an homage to the late Gino Morella, best known as WWE Hall of Famer Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, sorry to interrupt on that one. Uh, okay. I ran right over you. I wasn't reading along. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he had quite the uh, backstory to him as well because um, I guess there was a time in OVW that he didn't, uh, I think he smirked during a. Uh, yeah, thing with the boogeyman, and it was on TV. And instead of being afraid and everything, and I think maybe Bianca, his uh, daughter, was there at the same time, um, who's now a wrestler uh, as well. But uh, she was just a child when the, ha the incident happened. But because uh, Santino was smirking, real life between those two uh, for what uh, went on, and Cornette really hates him for being a comedy gimmick and stuff like that. Um, people in this area here in Ontario will know of, uh, Anthony uh, having Battle Arts Academy, having the relationship with Destiny Wrestling, and now uh, after selling uh, Battle Arts, he reinvested in Battle Arts and is paired up with uh, the guys from Hamilton Wrestling uh, Entertainment, and uh, they're going to be running uh, those shows along with Battle Arts together. And Anthony uh, gave everything up, basically, and sold it off because he uh, just recently moved his family from GTA over to uh, uh, the Bruce Peninsula area uh, so to have a quieter life. But he's also uh, part of the panel for Aftermath with uh, Jimmy Corderas on Sports. Yeah. So even though he's not wrestling, and he still makes the occasional appearance uh, with WWE, but uh, he's still doing a lot of work. And for a comedy gimmick that he was with Santino, he's at least giving back uh, and helping the new crop of uh, wrestlers here in Ontario. One of the few wrestlers brave enough to uh, don proudly the unibrow. <laughs> 12 years ago, WWE reboots superstars for WGN America. The show would feature a match from each brand's the first episode saw for SmackDown, The Undertaker defeated Matt Hardy. From ECW was Christian defeating Finley. And from Raw, Cody Rhodes defeats Shane McMahon by DQ. The show uh, ended in November of 2016 after 398 episodes. It started on WGN-TV, then went to Hulu, then 
to the WWE Network. And as you can see by the uh, picture on the screen, that is our inspiration for our Scumbags uh, logo. Ah! You can barely tell. Just a nice parody. Yes. 11 years ago, WWE has a hiccup as the Raw crew got stuck in the UK due to an active volcano, which forced the SmackDown crew to fill in for the Monday show in East Rutherford, New Jersey. I thought there was more to this story. I must have erased it because I know uh, they pulled Jillian, uh, um, Jillian Hall, Jillian, what was her darn name? Yeah, Jillian Hall. Yeah, Jillian Hall out of uh, retirement uh, that night just to uh, fill in because, well, everyone was stuck over in the UK. Yeah, and it's not the first time because I think we're going to talk about another time. that. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, maybe that's where that is. That SmackDown had to take over for uh, Raw. It's happened a couple yes. times, and uh, oh. even the one time SmackDown actually got uh, held up and NXT took over for it uh, just last year or year and a half ago. Cool. So when you're able to do it, I guess, why not? Absolutely. Whatever. You know you're big when you can have another crew just come in and fill it in. Uh, Absolutely. Moving on to April 17th. 37 years ago in Allentown, Pennsylvania, the North-South Connection, Adrian Adonis and Dirk Murdoch defeated Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson to win the WWF Tag Team Championship. 21 years ago, Stan Hansen defeated Mitsurahara Misawa to win the All Japan Pro Wrestling Championship Carnival. 27 years ago, WCW presented Spring Stampede from the Rosemont Horizon. In a dark match, Danny Bonaducci defeated Christopher Knight. Yes, it was the guy from the Partridge family taking on uh, um, one of the Brady kids. Steve Austin defeated WCW International World Heavyweight Championship, and Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat fought to a double pin draw for the WCW World Heavyweight Championship. This somehow in WCW land meant the draw caused, uh, uh, oh man, I can't even read it. This This somehow in WCW land meant the draw caused there to be no champion and it was vacated. Shouldn't have been a rematch or hey, just continue the match. But that's WCW. 22 years in... 22 years in Buffalo, Devon Dudley defeated Rob Van Dam to win the ECW World Tag Team Belts for his team, the Dudley Boys. And there's a lesson, uh, kids, when uh, um, you're uh, reading something, typing something, if you don't spell it as the right there, it will trip you up. 21 years ago on Raw from Pennsylvania, Chris Jericho defeated Triple H to win the WWF Championship due to a fast count by the second referee as the original ref was bumped during the match. The decision would be reversed along uh, as Triple H promised not to beat up the refs anymore. So Triple H then files Earl and beats the tar out of him. Scotty Tuhani yes. defeated Dean Malenko for the WWF Light Heavyweight Championship. Yeah, just going back uh, just for a moment with uh, the Jericho win. Uh, the, he was just recently on uh, the Broken Skull Sessions and talks about this, how he ended up having the title and it getting taken away from him all in the same night. 
And he was uh, kind of feeling down about that, but uh, Vince assured him that, don't worry, you'll get it again. Uh, and I think um, they were talking about it being a test uh, for him to see if he could uh, handle that. Uh, considering he came from WCW uh, as a cruiserweight and got thrust into the main event scene going against guys like Triple H and The Rock, and as you see, he also had the APA trying to protect him uh, with that uh, whole thing and got the victory. But, uh, yeah, obviously yeah, Earl got threatened and reversed the decision. Uh, it's available on WWE Network or on YouTube because that's where I found the pictures. Ah. 21 years ago, at a SmackDown taping in Nashville, Rhino defeated Kane to win the WWF Hardcore Championship. Then later in the show, Kane and The Undertaker defeated Edge and Christian in a no-DQ match in the show's main event to win the WWF Tag Belts. 14 years ago, at a SmackDown taping in Italy, Deuce and Domino defeated Paul London, London and Brian Kendrick to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. Today would have been the 67th birthday of Roderick George Toombs, a.k.a. the hot Scott Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Canadian by birth and Scottish by blood, he accumulated over 30 championships in his career, but never a world title. April 18th. 39 years ago in Minnesota, Hulk Hogan defeated Nick Bockwinkle to win the AWA World Heavyweight Championship. But wait, AWA President Stanley Blackburn overturns the decision six days later, citing both men used illegal objects in the match. Oh, 31 years ago, Salvador, I know, Salvador Guerrero Cuseta, a.k.a. Lucha Libre star Gory Guerrero, died of cirrhosis of uh, the liver due to hepatitis in El Paso, Texas. He was 69. Born January 11th, 1921 in Ray, Arizona, to a family of migrant workers, Salvador attended school in the United States until his mother's death at age nine. He first started wrestling as Joe, Joe Morgan, but due to his bloody matches, his name would change to Gory Guerrero. He would wrestle in EMLL and win his first championship in 1945. Later, he would team with El Santo as La Piraja Atomica, the atomic pair, and he would also be seen in a few of Santo's films. He would also book shows for world-class championship wrestling and NWA Hollywood wrestling. He would retire in the 1980s, leaving behind a legacy and um, a lot of moves that he invented or helped along, including the gory special, a back-to-back -back stretch hold, and the camel clutch. Of course, he and his wife had six children, sons Chavo, Mando, Hector, and Eddie, all of whom wrestled, and daughters Maria and Linda. Once retired, Guerrero sold auto insurance and became a boarder for aspiring wrestlers, training them in his backyard. Bless his heart. 21 years ago, at a SmackDown taping in Philly, for the first time officially and sanctioned, a WWF champion would face the ECW champion. Triple H defeated Taz in a non-title match. 
17 years ago, WWE presented Backlash, the final encounter. Shelton <laughs> Benjamin defeated Ric Flair. Randy Orton defeated Cactus Jack in a hardcore match to retain the WWE IC belt. And Chris Benoit defeated Shawn Michaels and Triple H via submission in a triple threat match to retain the world heavyweight belt. 16 years ago at a Raw SmackDown Super Show taping in New York City, Eminem, Joey Mercury, and Johnny Nitro defeated Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio to win the WWE Tag Team Championship. And Jim Ross defeated Triple H in an ODQ uh, contest. Yeah, Jim Ross uh, <laughs> in any match. Uh, felt yeah, it was so, horrible. So bad for him. And he talks about that in his book, uh, Slobberknocker and uh, uh, Under the Black Hat. And it's just like, oh, something should never have been done. You know, one time I can understand, but don't do it again. 14 years ago, WWE ends its developmental relationship with Deep, Deep South Wrestling. The promotion out of Georgia helped produce some future stars like Mike the Miz Mizian, Roughhouse O'Reilly, Connor in WWE, and Austin Creed, a.k.a. Xavier Woods. The owner of DSW, Jody Hamilton, a.k.a. Assassin Number 1, would sue the WWE, inciting interference due to no 90-day notice of end of contract and for the allegations of then-WWE Executive Vice President of Talent Relations, John Laronitis, saying that anyone who continued to work for Hamilton or DSW would never again work in the wrestling industry. Both sides would settle the lawsuit before it went to trial. Yeah, and I ended up looking uh, for uh, different uh, people who were in DSW uh, beforehand, uh, before getting to the big leagues, and I uh, got some of them in the picture here. Bill DeMont was doing commentary. Uh, you mentioned about uh, Kyle O'Reilly, who became Connor of the Ascension. He's in the upper right-hand corner. Kofi Kingston had a little bit more weight to him, it looked like, in his face, uh, doing deep south wrestling. Mid, uh, the Miz in the middle. Yeah, Angelina Love there, uh, Canada's own. Uh, then, of course, another Canadian uh, to the left of her. Kenny Omega was actually in DSW and uh, WWE Developmental. Uh, definitely not looking like the Kenny Omega of today. They look like little babies. <laughs> yeah. And then you see in the top, uh, right beside the logo, that's uh, Michelle McCool. Uh, off of uh, coming from the Diva Search, they had her as an interviewer and uh, starting to wrestle a bit. And beside her, she's interviewing uh, MVP uh, without his cornrows in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, so, man, the, the people Bless who were in the Bless photographer, yeah. All right, 11 years ago, TNA presented Lockdown 2010 from Missouri. Rob Van Dam defeated James Storm. With the win, Team Hogan would have the man advantage in the lethal lockdown match. Kevin Nash defeated Eric Young. The Beautiful People, Madison Rain and Velvet Sky, defeated Angelina Love. And Tara Madison Rain picks up the TNA knockouts belt as she got the winning pin. AJ Styles retains the TNA World Belt, and the main event, Team Hogan, Abyss Jeff Jarrett 
Jeff Hardy, and Rob Van Dam defeated Team Flair, Sting, Robert Roode, James Storm, and Desmond Wolf in a lethal lockdown match. Had Flair's team won, Hogan would have been banished from TNA. I know. It was so stupid. I'm sorry. Team Hogan and Team Flair, and neither one of you, like, is, uh, whatever. I'm sure they got involved or whatever. I've seen it, but I can't remember it because, well, it's not much to remember. Yeah. Eight years now it's creating a I think we might have lost Jonesy. Um, so I'm going to at least uh, fill in. Sorry for the blank uh, time there. Uh, he was uh, mentioning about the uh, uh, eight years ago, WD announced that they are creating the Performance Center, a place where WD uh, future talent can develop and not just wrestlers, but production staff, uh, as well as a uh, new place to hang uh, and really nice ceiling fan. Uh, we saw the big ass ceiling uh, fan during the uh, WrestleMania. To imagine that this uh, performance center was able to create a spot for all the uh, talent that we see uh, eventually making their way to NXT. Now NXT is there. It's been renamed the uh, Capital Wrestling Center. Uh, and then even WrestleMania. Uh, 36 was done from this location. A lot has gone into this uh, whole uh, performance center, and they usually have a, a whole bunch of rings uh, present, and uh, for them to be able to film uh, NXT there on a regular basis uh, and really not realize that you're they're in just that performance center is uh, quite amazing uh, feat in itself. Uh, it's a really great uh, facility, and a lot of great talent have been able to come out of it. Um, so, yeah, that's been eight years already, and uh, Triple H, his vision to uh, create something with a legacy is uh, definitely a, a great thing. So, uh, yeah, to imagine two years from now, It'll be 10 years that the PC uh, will be there and quite uh, amazing. Uh, so just got a message from uh, Jonesy, some issues with his internet, and uh, he'll be right back with us. But I'm going to keep on going as uh, it today would be the 60th uh, birthday of Stephen Kenneth Lombardi, a.k.a. The Brooklyn Brawler, um, one of the best jobbers or enhanced talents of all time. And he actually worked for WD for about 17-ish years um, and did a lot of backstage stuff. He helped uh, a lot of the talent uh, learn uh, their craft and worked on uh, promos backstage. So uh, Jonesy is back, actually. And I just mentioned about it being... Uh, Steve Lombardi's birthday and got the first line done. So if Jonesy wants to pick back up, 
Okay, so uh, from Brooklyn, New York, Lombardi actually studied biochemistry at St. Francis College before turning to pro wrestling. Lombardi would debut in the WWF and become a regular enhancement superstar, even occasionally having small streaks of winning amongst all the losses. His first win would be over Mad Dog Vachon in Long Island, New York, about a year into his tenure. In January 1989, Lombardi would begin his most famous gimmick, the street-fighting Brooklyn brawler who wore shitty jeans and a torn New York Yankee shirt and was briefly managed by Bobby the Brain Heenan. In 93, he would do some short-lived gimmicks as former baseball pro MVP, a replacement Doink the Clown, and a course on and off again as Kim Chi when Kamala needed a handler or they needed a jobber. In basketball player who blamed fans uh, for the 94 strike, forcing him to wrestle for a living, a.k.a. Abe Knuckleball Schwartz. Lombardi would get a big win in 94 as the brawler winning a 20-man battle royal at a match against current WWF champion Shawn Michaels at MSG. Lombardi would semi-retire from the ring and become a road agent in early 98. Yeah, I, I kind of remember Steve, obviously, as um, the characters that we saw uh, there and were described, but I kind of remember him as the guy on Superstars where they would, uh, it was him, Tom Stone, uh, Dusty Wolf, uh, Dwayne Gill, and a whole bunch of others you'd see every week. But Lombardi kind of stood out as one of the first guys I saw go against the Ultimate Warrior. And uh, when Warrior was in the magazine for the first time, it was his match against Lombardi. But Lombardi uh, was possibly one of the original guys that became like uh, Sean Waltman, uh, Sean Morley, and a few others, where if you could get past Lombardi in this case, and he gave sort of the seal of approval, especially with how long he'd been there for, and known as a preliminary wrestler, then you could start going up the ladder. And so there was a lot of uh, battles between him and Warrior before he got to go against Hercules at WrestleMania 4 and uh, move up the ladder from there. So hmm. uh, as much as people think of him as a jobber, he had a very important role with the company. He would definitely be a guy I would love to sit and uh, just uh, chat to. Uh, 41 years ago in Greensboro, Ric Flair defeated Jimmy Snuka to win the NWA Mid-Atlantic U.S. Heavyweight Championship. 35 years ago in New Orleans, the Road Warriors Hawk and Animal defeated Magnum T.A. and Ron Garvin in a tournament final to win the G Jim Crockett Senior Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament. 34 years ago in Muskogee, Oklahoma, Big Bubba Rogers defeated One Man Gang to win the Universal Wrestling Federation World Heavyweight Championship. And to think that after this feud and the UWF being sold to the uh, NWA or uh, Jim Crockett promotions, they were not brought in uh, to there. I think maybe uh, Bubba was, but Gang ended up going up to WWF. Uh, and uh, a year or so later, Bubba ended up there, Ray Trailer, 
as the big boss man. And then they eventually got teamed together when one man game became Akeem and they were twin towers and then WrestleMania six going against each other. So these two had a lot of history together. And if I recall, right, uh, whether or not the uh, part with uh, Ray trailer working in a uh, prison or not is legit. The uh, George Gray, who is one man gang, now works in a prison. So nice. it's almost like flipping the script and uh, between the two guys and difference. But yeah, it would have been a really great match to see them. It's probably and probably a lot longer than the uh, under two minutes that they had at WrestleMania six. Twenty-three years ago, WCW presented Spring Stampede '98. Goldberg defeated Saturn. Booker T defeated Chris Benoit to retain the WCW World TV belt. Chris Jericho defeated Prince Ikea uh, to retain the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. Hollywood Hogan and Kevin Nash defeated Rowdy Rowdy Piper and the Giant in a good old baseball bat on a pole match. Who doesn't enjoy one of those? Raven defeated Diamond Dallas Page in a Ravens rules match to win the WCW US belt. And Randy Savage defeated Sting in an ODQ match to win the WCW Heavyweight Championship. 22 years ago on Nitro from Gainesville, Florida, Psychosis defeated Rey Mysterio Jr., Juventud Guerrera, and Blitzkrieg in a four-way match to win the WCW Cruiserweight Championship. 19 years ago in Dayton, Ohio, Colt Cabana defeated Sam Punk and Eddie Guerrero in a three-way match to win the IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship. 17 years ago on Raw from Calgary, a lot happened. In the opening match, we would see the debut of Travis Tomko, a.k.a. Tyson Tomko, assisted uh, Christian defeating Chris Jericho in the show's opening match. Chris Benoit, the reigning world champ, and Edge defeated Ric Flair and Batista to win the World Tag Team Championship. We saw the return of William Regal, who had been out of uh, over a year due to health issues, including a previously undiagnosed heart condition that forced him to give up his half of the World Tag Team Championship. With the returning Steven Regal, there would be another debut. Regal would ask Eric Bischoff to care for his nephew, Eugene, played by Nick Dinsmore from OVW fame. Eugene was, uh, uh, let's say, a simple folk whose character may have lacked mic skills but made up for it in the ring. Uh, he would mimic many of his favorite superstars in the ring, including their moves. I thought the character was well done. Kids loved it. Uh, Sean, what do you think about the character? Because uh, it could have crashed so horribly. I know, and uh, to be honest, it's kind of a tough one to look back on. Uh, might not age too well. Uh, as a person who works with uh, people with disabilities in my real life, away from uh, podcasts and wrestling, yeah, uh, definitely an interesting character. I don't think uh, Nick Dinsmore did anything too insulting uh, to uh, people with disabilities. Uh, he was very much on the line of somebody who would be considered autistic, uh, especially with how uh, uh, his wrestling savantness was and uh, 
knowing all the uh, different wrestlers and their moves for somebody who supposedly was not trained, uh, but obviously just showed up in trunks and wrestling gear fully. Uh, for no the wrestling world. For no apparent reason. But yeah, for and really in, in the WWE, especially anyone can be a wrestler, whatever character. I mean, they've had a guy with one leg. So, yeah. I mean, it's I think amazing. It I think personally, I, I liked it. I thought it was well done most of the times. Um, and if you did like Eugene, check out an old movie uh, uh, called Bill. Kind of reminded me of the Eugene character. Well, there's the Peanut Butter Falcon uh, movie that is almost the uh, same sort of uh, deal where I, uh, in this case, uh, it's a gentleman with uh, uh, Down syndrome who wants to be a wrestler and uh, Jake Roberts and a few others appear at the end. Uh, I think Foley's out in as well. And it's uh, just this uh, guy with Down syndrome trying to become a wrestler. Uh, so definitely look for Peanut Butter Falcon. I recommend it uh, highly. Yeah. Uh, it's a good movie. But uh, going back to also Nick Dinsmore's portrayal of somebody with a disability, I think WD would know really well not to uh, go over the line, even though that is a tradition of WD to go there. But they have a huge working relationship and sponsor of the Special Olympics. And I think even uh, Vince and Linda are part of the board with Special Olympics. So uh, they definitely would not have gone to an area where it would have made them look bad and uh, come off as though they're making fun of the people that they also support. So uh, I think Nick Dinsmore did a really good job uh, of doing that whole role. Uh, it's unfortunately, it also was a little short lived. Uh, it doesn't have a lot of lifespan to it, but for the time that it was and the comedy that came out of it with uh, Bischoff and Regal thumbs up. You know what I would like to seen is for Nick Dinsmore to come back, but as the twin of Eugene where yeah. he's a mean sick psycho who is so mad the way that his brother got treated. Yeah, I've always saw uh, something on that line as well. They could have done well because they, they could have uh, maybe injured Eugene and got rid of him uh, in some sort of way and then introduce Nick Dinsmore. They could have had Kane set him on fire. You know? <laughs> but introduce Nick Dinsmore as his actual self and go from there. Nick is actually a really good uh, trainer as well. Uh, I think he still now goes by you hyphen Gene. Uh, mm. on the indies and mm. making guest appearances, stuff like that. But yeah, all right. 14 years ago, Austin Aries, at the time TNA's Austin the Star, was sent home from an impact taping and suspended for 90 days for conduct detrimental to the company. Basically, he had a bad attitude when asked to do some promo vignettes on his day off. Daniel Solward. Junior, a.k.a. Austin Aries, would be released from the company shortly after. I love how you put he had an attitude problem. I yes. think that's a yeah, running thing with Austin Aries, to be yes. honest. Because uh, even when he returned and was champion and dropped it to uh, Johnny Impact, 
there was some uh, behavioral issues going on with him there. And I think he's pretty much been blackballed on uh, any major company of being used unless something happens that uh, he can prove that he's got a better attitude. Well, hey, there you go. If anyone wants to start a wrestling uh, federation called the, you know, dicks of wrestling, there you go. You got a star right there. We are the scumbags. Yes. (laughs) 12 years ago, TNA presented lockdown from Philly and remembered all the matches are in a steel cage. In a pre-show dark match, Eric Young defeated Danny Bonaducci, seriously, in a cage. This was on a pre-show dark match. Strange that it wasn't on the main pay-per-view, because I'm sorry, I would have paid to, to see that. And go uh, figure, Bonaducci in another uh, dark match for a different wrestling company, though, this time. Really? Wow. Well, because didn't you mention earlier that uh, at a... Uh, Spring Stampede, it was uh, Bonaducci against, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, from Brady Bunch? Oh, yeah, that's right. Shit. Say, I can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember much from a week ago. Um, so, Oh, yeah, so Suicide won the elimination escape match to retain the TNA X Division Championship. The Motor City Machine Guns retained the IWGP Junior Belts. Team 3D defeated Beer Money in a winner-take-all Philly street fight to retain the IWGP Tag Team Championship and win the TNA World Tag Belts. Team Jarrett, consisting of AJ Styles, Daniels, Jeff Jarrett, and Samoa Joe, defeated Team Angle, consisting of Booker T, Kevin Nash, Kurt Angle, and Scott Steiner, in a lethal lockdown match. And Mick Foley defeated Stink to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. Hey, question, Sean, what do you think? Is is a whole show of cage matches too much? I kind of like the idea, in all honesty. Um, it makes it special, in a way, to a certain extent, but cage matches, in a way, should be used, or traditionally have been used as a blow-off uh, for things, and that's why I'm not a fan of Things like every uh, October or whatever it is, here's Hell in a Cell. You know, I, I agree with some uh, gimmick matches like maybe Elimination Chamber being for a number one contenders thing. So you have earmarked things, but when they're big like a Lethal Lockdown, a big like a Hell in a Cell and stuff like that, maybe those need to be saved for major feuds as a blow-off to them. But at the same time, ironically enough, and I'm uh, when I was reading this and you, uh, I saw that you were going to ask me this question, when I was younger and I was drawing uh, different uh, characters and stuff like that, I think I was probably in high school. I thought of a special event for WWE or WWF at the time and drew like a program cover it was like somebody's uh, probably hogan's muscle or whatever but i named it um what was it wdf behind bars and it was sort of this idea that every match was going to be in a mm. cage using the big blue cage mind you but they would have had to reinforce that blue cage for a whole event <laughs> yeah 
that's the problem. But you know, so imagine, oh, you imagine the sound of that cage all night long, hearing that old clankety clank. <laughs> exactly, but hearing uh, somebody like TNA coming up with a full pay per view of that, I was just like, my dream. Sort of deal. <laughs> while whether execution of it. That's a different story, to be honest. But the fact that somebody actually did that and obviously did not steal my idea because I'm not, uh, didn't put it out there and stuff like that. Oh, but, they, but, to, but to see that somebody yeah, had the same thought as me yeah. was kind of cool. Or maybe it is going. I'm having a problem with my computer. So, uh -oh. just a minute here. Okay, I'm going to have to go to one screen. Okay. There we go. Can you hear me now? <laughs> yes, we can. Oh, excellent. Okay, I just got to turn the computer up. Uh, something with port. It doesn't like technology's been oh, our uh, fan uh, this uh, week for recording. Last yes, night with uh, uh, Fantasy Warfare Tournament, and now today with uh, This Week in History. Hey, fans. Okay, I won't be able to see the pictures and all that, but this is the fun part of uh, recording. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, as long that. as the internet keeps going, we'll be good. Yep. So, Eleven years ago, WWE presented the Monday Night SmackDown show. That's right. Um, I said SmackDown. Well, the Raw roster was stuck in the UK due to an erupting volcano in Iceland. So the show was um, with the SmackDown roster and a retired Lillian Garcia who brought in for one night to handle ring announcing duties. Triple H would be the only Raw superstar to appear, and he opened the show. Edge, Rey Mysterio, and Triple H defeated Chris Jericho, CM Punk, and Luke Gallows. In a post-show dark match, Triple H and The Undertaker fought to a no contest. Eleven years ago on TNA Impact from Universal Orlando, Rob Van Dam defeated AJ Styles to win the TNA World Heavyweight Championship. And today would have been the 87th birthday of Douglas Baker, a.k.a. Ox Baker. Uh, I'm going to just jump here to... Um, Baker would be one of the most successful wrestlers in the business at the time, winning championships for 18 different organizations, most notably the World Wrestling Council, World Heavyweight Championship, the NWA United States Championship, Detroit version, and the Stampede North American Heavyweight Championship, and three AWA Midwest Tag Team Championships with three different partners. Uh, Baker also appeared in a few movies, including The Big Brawl with Jackie Chan, and as Kurt Russell's opponent in 1981's Escape from New York. He was even on an episode of The Price is Right, winning prizes, and you can find that on YouTube. Uh, I absolutely love uh, um, Ox Baker. Uh, his look is absolutely fantastic. He had a very long uh, goatee with just fur everywhere, and then... His eyebrows matched it where they were just massive. Yeah, with... Uh, On October 20th, 2014, Baker died of complications of a heart attack in Hartford, Connecticut. He was 80 years old. Yeah, uh, I saw the picture also of uh, Ox uh, from uh, Price is Right. And so, yeah, it's uh, interesting to look that up. 
and see him as himself, uh, I guess, as much as possible. And also, if you go on, I think it's Prime, uh, there is a documentary, uh, I think it's 350 Days. Uh, it's a road stories from uh, different uh, wrestlers. And oh, okay. He's one of the uh, uh, guys that talk on this. And I remember uh, actually watching it, my uh, wife coming home, and all she saw was Ox Baker on the screen because I paused it as she came in so I could greet her. And she's like, who is that? And why is he on our TV screen? <laughs> I had to explain who Ox Baker was and why the facial hair and uh, everything the way it was. But yeah, definitely a guy uh, with a lot of uh, history in the business. And I remember seeing him in the AWA which we're about to talk to you about next. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I'd actually really like uh, uh, that when, when I get much older and uh, perhaps when I'm in a facility, I want to grow my eyebrows just like that. <laughs> and uh, one thing, I, a lot of things I skipped because uh, we're, you know, crunching on time. Baker actually opened up a wrestling school and his most famous student, hey, was The Undertaker. Sure. April 20th. 35 years ago, AWA presented what would be their final stadium show, Wrestle Rock 86. Uh, some of the matches on that uh, Colonel De Beers defeated Wahoo McDaniel by DQ. Buddy Rose and Doug Summers defeated the Midnight Rockers, Shawn Michaels, and Marty Janetti. Greg Gagne and Superfly Snooka defeated Bruiser Brody and John Nord in a steel cage match. And Vern Gagne defeated Sheik Adnan L. Casey in a steel cage match. A lot of these guys made their way to WWE. Yes. Uh, Gerald Adnan, the Berserker, which was uh, John Nord, the Midnight Rockers, the Rockers. Mm-hmm. So many uh, people who made it there. Sherry Martell was there at the time. Um, people who are able to see the visuals uh, can see the uh, full card there. And I would also recommend going to YouTube and checking out the Wrestle Rock uh, song that uh, they did. And it's it's a gem, that's for sure. Excellent. I, I would play it here, but don't need any uh, strikes against us again. No, no. 25 years ago, ECW presented Hostile City Showdown from Philly. This is a show where Kimona Wanalea is revealed to be the person Bulia Milgillicuddy was having a sexual relationship behind the back of Tommy Dreamer and Raven. Dreamer's reaction was, I'll take them both. I'm hardcore. The main event saw Raven uh, defeat Shane Douglas to retain the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. 24 years ago, WWF presented In Your House 14, Revenge of the Taker. Uh, the Legion of Doom defeated Owen Hart and the Bulldogs to retain the belts. Sophia Vega defeated Rocky Maivia by countout in a WWF IC championship match. The Undertaker defeated Mankind to retain the WWF belt. And Steve Austin defeated Bret Hart by DQ. 23 years ago on WCW Monday Nitro, just one night after Savage won the WCW gold from Stink at Spring, Spring Stampede, Hulk Hogan would win the title from Savage when Bret Hart takes out Nash and puts Hogan on top of Savage. And Goldberg defeated Raven to win the WCW US belt. 
April 21st. 48 years ago, Giant Baba defeated Mark Levin to win the first ever All Japan Pro Wrestling Champion Carnival. 41 years ago, Ken Patera defeated Pat Patterson to win the WWF IC belt. 37 years ago in Greensboro, Ricky Steamboat defeated Dick Slater to win the NWA United States Championship. 23 years ago, Scott Steiner was arrested for threatening and hitting an Atlanta Department of Transportation worker twice with his truck after not being allowed down his closed street. The following uh, March, he would receive 10 days in jail, $25,000 in fines, and 200 hours of community service. This does not come as a surprise to me, but it's kind of <laughs> odd that he supposedly hit a worker twice with a big pickup truck. Uh, so could be a little bit of uh, uh, extracurricular uh, embellishing on the behalf of the victim, but not totally surprised. It could that be. You could have been hit, bounced, and then you, like you could have backed up, and then he could have hit you again. Is possible. These days, we'll 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 get him uh, uh, an interview with him, and I'll ask him, you know, what the hell. Uh, so, 19 years ago, WWF presented Backlash. Tajiri defeated Billy Kidman to win the WWF Cruiserweight Championship. Eddie Guerrero defeated Rob Van Dam to win the WWF IC belt. And The Undertaker defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin to become the number one contender for the undisputed WWF Championship. Ric Flair was the special guest referee. And in the main event was Hulk Hogan defeating Triple H to win the undisputed WWF championship. 17 years ago at an NWA TNA pay-per-view taping in Nashville, AD Styles defeated Jeff Jarrett to win the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. 13 years ago, WWE presented King of the Ring Raw Edition. In the final, we saw William Regal defeat CM Punk to win the King of the Ring tournament. And Randy Orton, Edge, Chavo Guerrero, and JBL defeated The Undertaker, Kane, Triple H, and John Zena. I kind of miss the uh, King of the Ring format. Um, didn't mind it uh, with the fact that they did it all in one night on uh, Raw, and you saw other people being Chris Jericho, MVP, uh, Matt Hardy, Great Holly, who ended up losing to Finley. Uh, then there was also uh, trying to see who the other person was that was in there, but yeah, with it coming down to uh, Regal, he made a really good uh, king. And we've been stuck with King Corbin for two years. Yeah, April 22nd. 33 years ago today, WWF tapes the 16th episode of Saturday Night's main event in Springfield, Massachusetts, which aired one week, week later. Also, three episodes of Wrestling Challenge were taped and had the debut of ring announcer Mike McGurk. Those would have been fun shows to be at. You would have got so much. It would have been like a Raw or even better. Uh, I saw Jim Duggan defeated Hercules by DQ. Macho Man Randy Savage defeated One Man Gang to retain the WWF Championship. Demolition Axe and Smash defeated the British Bulldogs by DQ to retain the WWF Tag Team Championship. 23 years ago, during a live episode of Thunder, Marcus Bob Bagwell was severely injured after taking a bulldog off the second rope. 
He would lay on the mat for 11 minutes before being moved to uh, the hospital. He would suffer several damaged vertebrae and spinal shock and would require the use of a wheelchair for some time. The worst part is when they came back, they reenacted it a couple times and then that's when uh, he turned heel and just was really, I think, in poor taste because of how serious his original injury was. Yes. But, yeah, and then, of course, we got saddled with uh, Judy Bagwell for the end of time. Yuck. Uh, 21 years ago, ECW held the final Cyber Slam. Steve Carino defeated Dusty Rhodes. Rhino defeated Yashiro Tajiri to win the ECW World TV belt. Tommy Dreamer defeated Taz to win the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. And Taz would jump to the WWF after that match. Justin Incredible then challenged Tommy Dreamer and wins the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. Dreamer would hold the belt for less than 10 minutes. Uh, did you know Dreamer is the only man to hold both versions of the ECW World Belt? 15 years ago, Ring of Honor presented the 100th show from Philly. Danielson would wrestle twice on the show. Brian Danielson defeated Colt Cabana to retain the ROH World Belt. Derek Dempsey defeated Pele Primo to retain the ROH Top of the Class Trophy. Brian Danielson again would defeat Delirious to retain the ROH World Championship. The Briscoes defeated Matt Seidel and AJ Styles. And Team ZZW, Chris Hero, Necro Butcher, and Super Dragon defeated Team ROH, Adam Pierce, BJ Whitmer, and Samoa Joe. And finally, 11 years ago, WWE released some employees, including Shelton Benjamin, Mickey James, Show Fernaki, Jimmy Wang Yang, Terry Gordy, Kate LaBurchill, and Mike Knox. And of yeah. course, wrestling is compiled from the vast land of Google, Wikipedia, CagesideSeats.com, and most importantly, from fans and journalists that had front rows seats to history. So I want to thank you again for uh, doing this. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, another edition of uh, the week in history we'll finish off the month of april and uh with more backlashes to look forward to uh it's almost as bad as the last month with all the wrestlemanias that we uh saw uh multiple during the same week but hey that's the way uh, things go especially when pay-per-views were happening or are happening monthly and uh yeah so just want to remind people to check out Fantasy Warfare Tournament, it was up uh, yesterday. Stephen Jonesy and I uh, looked at the greatest 90s tag team that never won the big one. So we had people like uh, Power and Glory, uh, the Gangsters, Heavenly Bodies, the Rockers, uh, the Brujo Brothers, the Beverly Brothers, so many different tag teams that a lot of people consider mid-card uh, because, unfortunately, they didn't make it to that uh, upper echelon. But we look at uh, 16 teams that didn't and probably should have and come up with the best one. Later on tonight, we're going to uh, have the regular podcast. Uh, Steven is going to be back with us, and it's the uh, first time in about two weeks that he's been available after uh, passing of his uh, grandmother. 
So we'll uh, tap into his thoughts of what he uh, was not able to uh, talk about uh, during WrestleMania week and his impressions on that. Look at the week that was in wrestling news and look forward to uh, this weekend's Impact Wrestling Rebellion where you can be part of the Scumbags Prediction League brought to you by Cool Bets. Play cool, bet responsibly, and you can win this title at the end of the year if you have the most points. And we've only done one week of uh, uh, events with uh, WrestleMania, so there's still time. You're not too far behind, and there's always a chance that uh, you can catch up. Uh, it's not one and done. Plus, we'll also get prizes throughout the year, whether it's T-shirts or other memorabilia uh, with our logos on it. So definitely join us. Cool Bets is going to give us a... Uh, code that eventually you're going to be able to save some money when you place your bets uh, with them and uh jonesy you got anything you'd like to add um no i'm not even sure if you can hear me i can hear you but my screen has gone kind of wonky so i'll just say next week okay so thank you again and we'll uh, be with that uh hopefully also tomorrow night or later on tonight we'll uh, have a uh theme for next week's fantasy warfare tournament uh and we'll be able to announce that so i just want to thank everybody for being part of this enjoy the rest of your thursday and we'll see you later on tonight